it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. You dudes are beacons of radio perfection. Mackey and Judd. I, I love you guys. On 1500 ESPN. There's a new era of gopher football, and it's filled with high energy, enthusiasm, passion, and positivity. We want you here. We want you around our players. We want you around our facility. And most importantly, we want you to fill the bank. I can't wait to see you. Skyuma! Being elite is a lifestyle, and it's a choice. We have our own language here. Our players have to understand and know 217 different vocabulary words. Our culture is called the hyperculture, H-Y-P-R-R. It's an acronym. Here at the University of Minnesota, we consider ourselves a family. Forget about me, I love you. Row the boat. Heather Fleck. Hi, Heather. Hi, Michael. Heather, how was your Escalade? PJ and I absolutely love it. When PJ accepted the job at Minnesota, we heard all about Minnesota nights and how great the people are. Yeah, except for one guy. PJ Royce. All right. If you missed it, and I think by now, if you're on Twitter or social media, you definitely saw this yesterday. Uh, late afternoon, sometime. It was actually, I think, during Pat's show this happened. Heather Fleck tweets at 1500ESPN underscore Royce. And this is in response. Pat took another shot during one of the wild games. I think it was during game three. PJ Fleck was on the video board during game yeah, three. Yeah, he was doing everybody a go w- stuff, wild right? thing. And and Pat in the press box was um, <clears throat> giving an interesting gesture towards the scoreboard. Oh, sure he was. What I gesture was that? I, of course, gleefully look back at Patrick. There's two PJ gestures was I can think the, of. As PJ was on the scoreboard, I gleefully looked back and just smiled. Was it we're number one or was he rolling dice? Um, it was we're number one. Okay. It was PJ, you're number one. <laughs> he wasn't rowing the boat then. No, no, no okay. he was not rowing the boat. Okay. So Heather tweets, why are you so negative and awful all the time? What is your issue with a man that gives his entire life to making a program and young lives better? Maybe you should take a look at what he does for the community and for our youth before you slam him all the time. So, Rice, Rice, this, by the way, has received like 2,000 retweets and likes and all kinds of comments. Rice, he did respond. He said, balance was Mm -hmm. his classic Pat response. Mm -hmm. What did you guys think? Dave and I both spent absurdly embarrassing amounts of time reading through the comments. I will say, like... The amount of people who claim to not listen to our show anymore because they just hate Pat and Joe in the afternoon. I don't know, probably like younger, more optimistic sports fans that have just jettisoned our show because they hate Pat and Joe. I was a little bit, I was like, oh, oh come back. I mean, come on. We're not Why'd like you sunshine and rainbows or anything, but, you know, compared to Pat and Joe, we're definitely spry and optimistic. Well, you're not, but I am. You're, oh, not, you're not at all, actually. I used but. to be I used to be spry. <laughs> um 
I got so I got home and saw that, and I think I saw it because you had retweeted something about it, and I read through the first batch of comments, and then I just stopped because I figured it was <laughs> as as the night progressed and uh, and uh, Gopher holders got a few more beers and cocktails in them, I figured it was going to get worse. So I read through the first twenty comments and said, "Okay, I've seen enough." Uh, and yeah. that's when you guys kept reading. I think so. Here's my thought on this. All right, first of all, I love Pat. I love Pat, but Pat has no tolerance for what he perceives to be disingenuous or overly optimistic people. Is it fair to say that? Like Pat, if if on a scale of one to ten, ten being as enthusiastic and optimistic as you can be walking into a room, Pat's like a. Pat's like a two, three, or four, and if he gets closer to a ten, it's usually because he's parading around off some if, sort of negativity, if, right? If Pat Pat is very simple to me in the sense, if he thinks you're a fraud, he can't stand you, right? And he thinks Fleck is now. Jerry Kill had had an act that Pat sort of rolled his eyes at t- at times, but he didn't see Jerry Kill as a fraud. Well, so but he was much more tolerant. But of Jerry, Jerry Kill. Kill was also Jerry Kill was sort of the you know, small town aw shucks mm-hmm. bumpkin type personality, and Pat is from small town, excuse me, Minnesota, and they have a lot of similarities in that. Maybe they're flawed people or have things in their lives or past, and so I, so Pat makes up his mind early on people that he perceives to be frauds, like you said. I mean, he did it even with Kevin Love. Like he made his mind up. He made his mind. He's yes. been right sometimes. He made his mind up right away on Tim Brewster, and he was right. He made his mind up on Kevin Love right away, and he was wrong because Kevin Love has put together a really good career. Uh, he made his mind up on Richard Patino right away, and Patino, that's kind of a up and down case where he had to admit he was wrong because Patino had this incredible season and and had great recruiting classes. Now Patino's back down. Will he come back? But I think I don't think PJ Fleck is as disingenuous as Pat thinks he is. Do I think PJ Fleck puts on? Does he turn the volume up? Does he, you know, come up with marketing slogans that are designed to garner attention? Absolutely. Do I think PJ Fleck is one of the more optimistic, genuinely optimistic people you're ever going to meet? Like, do I think he turns it off when he's at home? No. Like, I think I think PJ Fleck, by and large, is just a really quirky, optimistic, positive energy guy. And Pat is sort of the opposite. Even though Pat, Pat, the, the gap between. Pat behind the scenes and people who know him mm-hmm. versus Pat's media persona or the perception of people who read his stuff or listen to his show. Would you guys agree there couldn't be a wider gap? Oh, oh yeah. Couldn't be Not a wider gap. Yeah, Pat's a great guy. Yes. I think we should make an important distinction, however, with Pat and his opinion of PJ. He hates the rah-rah stuff. He hates the, you know, the hyperculture, row the boat stuff. But I don't think he necessarily think he's a bad football coach. He's always given him that, saying, I knew from the beginning Tim Brewster was a fraud when it came to coaching football. I think he's still willing to believe that P.J. Fleck might, you know, turn the Gophers into a winning team. He can't. He, he just hates the power of positive yeah, he, thinking crowd. He hates the, well, the Tony Robbins stuff. He can, In Pat's case, when, when it comes to Fleck, yeah, he can't tolerate that act. And it might be successful. But he can't tolerate it. He can't stand it. Yeah, yeah like and so lot. that doesn't mean he doesn't think he doesn't think that Fleck is a fraud as a coach. He thinks he thinks it's worse. He he perceives Fleck and his act to make make him more of a fraud of a human being. That's exactly right. A lot of people yeah. on on Twitter, a lot of the comments I read last night were, "Wait till this guy turns it around and they become a ten win team and, and now, a juggernaut in the big." That's like, well, that that's not Pat's argument. Right. He just hates him as a person. And, and now to take, but I don't. Has he ever met PJ Fleck? 
Have they, have they ever been in the same? This I is my problem with it. Has he ever been I in the same room with PJ? I don't think he Flatt? ever wants to meet that PJ Flood. Why not? I think he's. Why made would that you clear. form that hard? This is my what? problem. Why would you form that aggressive of an opinion without like being face to face with someone? Let me once in your life. Let me take this from the flex side of, of things, though. Heather loves her husband, and that's great. And her intentions were, were good. And when you tweet something like that, people that like you and the Golfer program are going to pile on Patrick. But. There's a reason why Kenny said that Patrick was thrilled when she tweeted that. And this is, if I'm PJ, I'm not pleased. Because you know why? If I win games, guess what? Patrick shuts up. And and it's going to take some time. And I don't think the expectation was that the program would, would be great last year. And it certainly won't be this year. But to Richard Patino's credit, do you know what he did? He did a really good job of tuning out Patrick. I don't remember one tweet I don't remember one acknowledgement. I don't remember one response from Patino other than being asked about critics and talking about that. But I don't remember one comeback. When when you have someone in your family or you basically say, I'm going to fight you on, yeah. on this, the way you fight this as a coach is to win games. You know what? I, I think I can share this because it's not – I mean, it's – I don't think Patino would care if I shared this. When I used to do the weekly show with him for like three years, the, the Gopher uh, Coaches Show – only one time did he ever say, even like off air during a commercial break, "What's up with like, what's up with Pat?" Yep. Like that guy just ha- he goes, "That guy just hammers me all the time." And I said, "Honestly, I think it's weird because I think you guys are you're very, you're both have kind of those sarcastic, salty personalities, and I actually think you guys would get along if you were to get in the same room." I said, "I'd love to make that happen if we could get you guys in the same room for a couple segments or." Like to do it on the air would be better because then you guys could talk to the audience and it'd be it'd be fun and and you guys could take jabs at each other and he goes honestly, I just I don't really care like I don't, I mean if he hates me that much after the first few like I don't like need his approval but I'm just gonna smart, try and do my job that's a smart play yeah I like that play uh, we have an official poll posted by the way, Mackie and Judd poll on our Twitter account fifteen hundred ESPN, does a town like this need a negative sports guy like Patrick Ricey? Patrick James Ricey. Your options are he balances out Sid. Or B, time to hang it up, Pat. C, Ricey's still around. Or D, row the boat, baby. Row <laughs> the boat. Thanks to Dark Star for the help on this one. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. It's incredible. 98, 99, <laughs> 100. 100. I think we should open up phone lines on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it feels like the reaction, I, I went through some of these comments. What I think what bothers me is... Yes, I feel like I I haven't disagreed more with Patrick on many things than his just like relentless shots at PJ Fleck. Like I the guy deserves a few years to let this play out. He's got a quirky personality, whatever. It worked at Western Michigan. So I completely disagree with him on PJ Fleck. But the levels that people go and stoop to in sports arguments, like people are taking personal shots and bringing up like alcoholism from 40 years ago and stuff and I don't know. People get so mad in these sports arguments. Yep. Especially Gopher fans. Yes. They tend to take it very personally. So 651-646-8255-877-615-1500. Does a town like this need a negative sports guy like Patrick Royce? And who do you side with? Team Fleck, Heather and PJ, or Patrick? Mackie and Judd from the TCL Broadcast Studios. Mackie and Judd are back. Audio level full volume. It's go time. On 1500 ESPN. There's a new era of gopher football. 
and it's filled with high energy, enthusiasm, passion, and positivity. We want you here. We want you around our players. We want you around our facility. And most importantly, we want you to fill the bank. I can't wait to see you. Skyuma! All right. Here are the poll results right now. Let's find out once and for all. Does a town like this need a negative sports guy like Patrick Royce? 39% say he balances out Sid. Bring on the positivity. Oh. Yeah, for sure. All right. 28% say time to hang it up, Pat. 15% say Royce still around. And 18% say row the boat, baby. Row oh. the damn boat. Uh, one more thing, just and we'll take we'll take some calls on this. Are you team Fleck? Are you pro Fleck? Are you anti Fleck? Are you team Roycey? Uh, this all stems from Heather Fleck sending a scathing tweet to Pat yesterday that kind of blew up and turned into it was retweeted like two thousand times and hundreds of comments. Six five one six four six eight two five five. I think you have to understand PJ Fleck. And his target audience, it's first and foremost, it's 18 to 22-year-old kids that he's hes putting out these mantras. And he's doing hes doing the stuff that he's doing from a marketing standpoint to connect with 18 to 22-year-old kids. And the Gophers have put together some some good uh, a good recruiting class here. They have three four-star recruits, which is like usually they don't get more than like one or two, if any, four-star recruits. So he's bringing in some recruits. He's generating some excitement. He already got some national exposure on ESPNU. Uh, is it quirky? Yes. Is there maybe an age gap thing? Yes. If you're generally sort of negative and curmudgeonly, are you going to feel like there's some dissonance in, between you and P.J. Fleck? Yes. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, the guy deserves a chance to see if he can build a this, team here on his terms. This also is the perfect storm for uh, for Patrick and, and those who don't believe in Fleck and, and to a certain degree, and rightfully so, the Gopher program. Because I don't think there is any more defensive group of fans than than Gopher fans and football fans in particular. Sure. Because the program has been so bad for so long, and I, either to their credit or detriment, they so badly want to believe. Yeah. So you go hire Tim Brewster, and he comes in with this act, and it didn't work, but you're saying to yourself, okay, this might be the guy. Hold on. You hit on a phrase that's that's that needs to be parsed out, that the so badly want to believe part of being a sports fan. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break the fourth wall here a little bit in our industry, and in that sometimes it's hard— You've got people who listen to sports talk radio or read columns or go to games, whatever it is. And in general, you're opting in as a fan, not because you want to be salty and negative. And I get that there's like there's those type of fans, too, that are just hate watching the Vikings or the Wolves or whatever it is. But you're opting in to this meme, if you will, of sports and whatever it is, Vikings or Gophers, because you want to be entertained and you want to feel good about it. So... You'd prefer that the commentary, oftentimes, I'm not saying it's black and white here, but I think a lot of people would prefer that the commentary surrounding those teams that they hope can succeed is more positive than negative. And then here comes Pat for 40 years, and he's jabbing at that reality. He's jabbing in print. He's jabbing on the radio, and it rubs a lot of people the wrong way. Absolutely. And Gopher football fans get reminded year after year, not just by, by guys like Patrick, but by the program itself, that they don't win. So Every, you're, you're doubling up. Yes, and you're, like if, yeah. if you're a Viking fan, you can be defensive, but your team is good lots of times, and so so you get frustrated because you say, "I want, I want that next win, that uh, Super Bowl potentially beat beat uh, Philly, a team like that." But if you're a Gopher football fan, you just want to beat Wisconsin, and year after year you can. 
Yes, and it's overkill if on top of your team yes. being mostly garbage Someone comes in with a pile driver Correct. and hits you. 651-646-8255. Ricey versus the Flex. Dan, what's going hey, on? Hey, guys. I appreciate uh, appreciate taking my call. We um, were just going to read your email, so we're glad you just called in instead. No, it's all good. Please please leave that one to go. That was a fiery, passionate response, but uh, <laughs> a little, little bit more. All right. edit now. <laughs> okay. So, no, no, I, I will say that I, I always appreciate listening to you guys, and I do listen to you guys because you're very balanced. Um one way or the other, I think you kind of reflect what most of us Minnesota sports fans feel, positive or negatively. Um, I think my problem with the uh, three to six hour host, actually on both, on your competing uh, radio station too, they've just kind of made it their brand to constantly be very sarcastic and negative and almost kind of making fun of, it seems like they're making fun of Minnesota sports fans for their passion and, you know, their fruitless endeavor of rooting on the hapless sports teams and i just feel like it's kind of one of those things where we get it but uh i mean is it more fun to talk smack to patriots fans when they lose or cleveland browns fans i mean one of them's just kind of like picking <laughs> mm-hmm. on picking on the poor little schmuck who has, has nothing and and like oh you're so big and bad for teasing that kid i mean that's just that's just senseless bullying you know so uh Sometimes I think people just kind of feel like, dude, we get it. You know, like it, it's hard being a Minnesota sports fan and, <laughs> and we're just, we're just looking for some semblance of hope and just let us have that little, little acorn of hope. So thanks guys. Go read my email now. Yeah, man. All right, Dan, thanks for, thanks Good for stuff, Dan. Let's, let's keep uh, the calls going here. 651-646-8255-877-615-1500. Hey, Mark. Hey guys. Um, I I personally like as a younger listener um, to your guys' show and to uh, Patrick's show. I I really like what Patrick does. I think he's a really hard worker, and I think for people that say that he's not relevant anymore, that's that's crap. Um, but I think in this particular instance, I think he does kind of go out of his way. Um, I get what he's saying, where he gets annoyed with what PJ Flex says, and he calls it a bunch of crap and he, he probably has a different way of you know saying like yeah it is geared towards the 18 to 20 year olds when they're you know recruiting them but um at the same time i think he just doesn't like the way that he does it but he does kind of go out of his way to um, mention that on a more regular basis it seems like yeah mark thanks for the call i think and at, at a certain point though when it comes to go for football if if we believe that P.J. Fleck can take the coaching success and the recruiting success he had at Western Michigan and translate it to the Big Ten, and like, we'll find out. We'll find out here in the next two, three, four years. I don't really care. I mean, unless he's a unless he's a complete sleaze bag who's doing stuff that's against the rules and like greasy. I mean, if his personality is quirky, and I and I actually personally, I I tend to mesh a lot better with those optimistic sort of like you guys are different than me in that regard. Pat's different than me in that regard. I'm much more tolerant of it. In fact, sometimes I'll seek it out. I think it's good. I understand why some people don't jive with it, but if he wins games, I mean, what does the style really matter? No, if he wins games, everybody shuts up and they're, they're pleased. That's and, and I don't think, I think PJ Fleck, I really think he gets that because he knows he's quirky. He's talked about that. So I don't think Flex says, "Oh my gosh, I'm being picked on here." I think he says, "I'm quirky. I know. I know that." And you know what? If I win football games, no one's going to give a damn. Yeah. They're all going to say I'm great. Uh, the Heather tweet again. If you missed it, if you missed it yesterday or missed it in our last segment here, Heather Heather Fleck tweeted at Roycey, and this thing blew up yesterday. Why are you so negative and awful all the time? What 
is your issue with a man that gives his entire life to making a program and young lives better, maybe you should take a look at what he does for the community and for our youth before you slam him all the time. Ron, you're on the show. I get that part, don't get me wrong, but sometimes Patrick says the truth and people don't want to hear that. They want mm-hmm. fluff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, and, but Ron, that's, be, that's because in this market, we have been media-wise largely ga- gauged to embrace fluff. I mean, it starts with Sid. <laughs> I have no problem with Patrick. I like what he says, and I agree with probably 90% of what he says. He brings the truth. If you ever get a chance, remember when the, he was covering the, the Super Bowl and they asked if he was going to say anything negative? Mm-hmm. And he said, well, yeah. And they didn't put him on the beat or something like that. I, I may have the story wrong, but it yeah. goes along those lines. Yeah, thank you, Ron, for the call. I don't remember that uh, specific story. We, yeah. are, we are largely... We we have all the major sports, and we're a big town, but we're not th- that big of town. If you look at the coverage of a lot of sports in this town and you look at the TV guys, we are geared a lot of times to to embrace the positive. And we're not really critical. And so guys like Patrick come along and we're like, whoa, whoa. It's such a deviation. Now, but, the yeah. fleck, but the fleck thing is interesting because of how Patrick perceives, and it might be right, it might not be, Fleck's personality. Yeah, I think, I mean, I just think his, I think his criticism of Fleck is way over the top. I can I can say that I still enjoy Pat. I think you know, Pat's been a great friend and a mentor to me over the years. I and I, there's been five or six things that we have butted heads on big time on the air and off the air, and this is definitely one of them. So I'm definitely more on Team Heather Fleck here than Team Pat. Tom, you're on the show. Yeah, I just uh, would like to say a positive uh, opinion of uh, of Roycey. Um, you know, I'm a uh, I've been watching, listening, reading about him for decades. Uh, I think this he's a tremendous writer. Um, I think he writes some tremendous uh, columns about, like, you know, small-town coaches, uh, MIAC, nice human interest stories. Uh, he's, he's, he's a baseball savant. I mean, there's nobody knows baseball better than him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, I've gotten really, really uh, sick of Sid Hardman uh, over the years. I think he's just an arrogant blowhard that huh? basically only pays attention to, uh, you know, high level people and i just and you know royce's has spoken the truth to balance him which is essential because uh but you know i think that goes a little too far sometimes that criticism but uh but i think he's been basically the best i think he's been better than Sid hartman uh for a long time even though he's a little negative sometimes he's just a tremendous asset to uh the media in this uh in this town and before i get off there i just want to say say things about you guys i think your, your show is tremendous and i i love it i'm uh, I love listening to you guys, too. So, thank you. Thank you, Tom. We appreciate very you nice. listening to China. That's right. Right. Not ever. There are, so, it was very disheartening when I, I was going through yesterday these comments, and it was like all this reaction of, uh, I don't listen to you guys mostly because I'm boycotting Pat or Joe. It's like, well, I mean, you can, like, I mean, well, how you about starting to boycott one at one? Right, sure. I mean, how about like, starting I mean, like, listen, at one o'clock? We'd rather you listen to the whole station, I, but yeah. I have said this before about Patrick, too, and, and I've never talked to him about this, but my theory about him is this as well. Nobody has suffered through gopher football, or few have as long as he has. Gopher football was one of his first true loves. Look at the people and the teams in this town that, that he is particularly hard on. Gopher football. The Twins. Those teams are the teams he loves. So 
I also think that to a certain degree, this is a different way of processing your uh, your feelings towards uh, something that at one time you embraced. We might need to bring him in for a therapy session. I really think point. that though. Yeah. He loved go for football. So let's uh, we, we can come back to this later. I've got I've I've saved some of the best Roycey rips from this uh, this Twitter thread that we should get to later. The ones that aren't below the belt, just like. Like the guys calling out alcoholism from 35, 40 years ago, which, by the way, like Pat is very open about. And yeah. So you're not, it's not like you're not really getting one over on him when you bring that up. Uh, Chris Singleton, when we come back to talk some twins and go around Major League Baseball. Phil Mackey, Judd Zogad. Let's just say that it could cause Molly to start smoking. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Mackey and Judd are talking twins now. Yeah. With former player turned ESPN baseball analyst Chris Singleton. All right. Hey, so the Twins, they, they got snowed out about 100 times last weekend. Uh, almost had power outage and or rain uh, derail them in Puerto Rico. But they get away with a split, and now they come back. Road trip, and then hopefully good weather at home. Chris Singleton, uh, weekly guest on Fridays. We talk Twins. We talk baseball. Um, what an interesting, like, we've the Twins have had... The fewest games played of any team in baseball so far. They've had a lot of scheduled off days and a lot of unscheduled off days. That has to affect you as a player. And then, by the way, oh, I know you've been off for five days. Here's Corey Kluber and Carlos Carrasco. Have fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good afternoon. Good morning there. Uh, yeah, it's been a wild start to the season. There's no question uh, between all the weather-related issues and just snow. I- I've never seen it like this, um, you know, in my almost 30 years of baseball being you know in the professional major leagues and it's been nuts and then on top of that you look at the number of extra inning ball games that have been played it's it's been a wild start to the season which beg you know a lot of times people are calling for all right you know shorten the season or we got to change the schedule and you know this doesn't happen obviously every year it it gets affected a little bit but i think we all kind of have to pump the brakes a little and and just kind of weather weather these storms if you will hey chris how tough is that as a player though to find a groove when you play for three days don't play for four days play for two days just as far as get getting into any sort of pattern or routine it, it does because it goes back to spring training when you come into spring training you're feeling pretty good then you face pictures uh you know live batting practice and then you don't you know feel as good and then uh, you start games, and you kind of start to feel good because you're just seeing fastballs, and then pitchers start tuning up a little bit and start, you know, shaping it. And uh, you can go through your downtime, and then you're looking towards, okay, I want to get hot and going and feel good. You know, the last week, week and a half of spring training. And so if you're able to accomplish that, you, you don't want your schedule then to get interrupted once you start the season. And you throw on top of it, you're coming from warm weather, now you're going to cold weather, and then you're not getting consistent uh, days in. Yeah, that can really mess with the rhythm and timing of a hitter without question. Um, I couldn't speak to how much it impacts a pitcher in terms of their routine, but you've got to figure when, you know, you're not, the guys have these schedules, you know, they come in, they get their their heat, they get their stretching, they're going to go to the, uh, you know, weight room for a minute, and they're going to go down to the bullpen to get warm, when you got the tarp on the field or you're in a holding pattern, you know, all that gets uh, thrown off off kilter for these starting pitchers. So I can't imagine that that's ever good. The only positive they probably have is the fact that in the colder temperatures, uh, pitchers tend to have the advantage. Yeah. 
All right, so Joe Maurer collected his 2000th hit last week, and I think it's been a 10-plus year debate in the Twin Cities that uh, there's a lot of people who maybe watch baseball more casually or don't see the hidden value in getting on base and some positional value and that Maurer gets criticized for lack of home runs, lack of RBIs by people. And I want to ask you, what are the, maybe it's maybe your answer would be different you know now compared to 10 years ago even what are the things that players are judged on do players talk about batting averages is it on base now do do players talk about wins above replacement like as far as from a player standpoint and and you're looking to beef up your value either for a contract or for an organization what is the lingo like do you think now compared to 10 years ago well i think uh without question you're hearing about launch angle and exit velocity and ultimately guys intentionally trying to get the ball in the air more and part of that is due to the shift and you know tougher to get hits on the ground because the way they're shifting according to the charts Uh, but i remember last year uh talking to christian yelich early in the season and he had just come off of the world baseball classic and being around a lot of the uh the other stars in the major leagues. And you know, one thing he shared was that he was blown away at a dinner of one prominent player saying, my goal is to lead the league in fly ball outs this year. And uh, that meaning that if I lead the league in fly ball outs, I'm getting the ball in the air a whole lot more, which means that ultimately I'm going to hit more home runs. And so, uh, you know, I even heard a story one time of, uh, I think it was perhaps Daniel Murphy um, and Buster Posey that one got on, on base, and I think maybe Posey was playing first base or something like that. And the exchange was, you know, hey, what's your fly ball rate? <laughs> you know, going this year. And I, when I heard that story, I was like, get out of here. I mean, that is so foreign to how I came through, you know, as a player and what I learned and you know, everything that you were supposed to be looking at. Last thing you want to do is hit a fly ball. You want to hit line drives and uh, and hard ground balls through. Yeah. So it's definitely a different a different look and perspective they have on success and then ultimately what's going to get them paid. I remember there was a story, I think it was a radio interview in Boston when Theo Epstein was still in Boston. This is like, this might have been like seven years ago now. And they asked him about, uh, like, you know, what do you some someone's RBIs? They were asking about like classic back of the baseball card stats, and he and he kind of paused the interview and said, "Honestly, we don't pay any attention internally." Oh, it was about JD Drew. That's what it was about. We don't pay okay. any attention to batting average. We don't pay any attention to RBIs. We only pay attention to process oriented evaluation. So. Uh, like you're saying, mm-hmm. and I don't know if like it's possible launch angle wasn't in play seven or ten years ago, but to, to hear this high-profile World Series winning baseball executive tell a radio audience we don't care about RBIs, I don't know why everyone else still does, was pretty amazing. I think like fans and media are probably five or ten years behind what front offices are are looking at. Yeah, the good ones, uh, no question about it, uh, and you know trying to strike that perfect balance between the numbers, the metrics, how we're evaluating with the human side of the player. Um, but I'm even finding that, uh, especially in this era where we see the hard shifting and everything else, I'm looking at, you know, in my prep for games, all right, I'm going to forget about batting average, team batting average. I'm looking at what's the OPS. What are they getting on base? And then what are they slugging? Because ultimately, if you get guys on base and then you're hitting 
you know, extra base hits, then you're ultimately scoring runs, and runs is the name of the game. And so uh, I'm even finding as I don't want to become a dinosaur and I want to <laughs> you know, stay current with, you know, what are they thinking in front offices? What are teams starting to evaluate so that I also can, uh, in over the course of a game, communicate to the listener um, what's being valued and, and help them as well to evolve so that they can grasp um, sort of this new, uh, you know, uh, era, if you will, of, of how baseball is being evaluated. So would, would your mindset be d- different if you played today, Chris, about approach? I don't you – know, you, it's interesting, that's a, and that's a great question because I don't know – it would all depend on how they played me because I had speed so I could – you know, I could play around with the ball. I could put it on the ground, put it in the six-hole backhand, um, put it in your pocket. It's going to be a base hit. But depending on, you know, how they were shifting me, depending on what I felt like I could I could do in terms of creating uh, the launch angle. I mean, physically, I was strong enough to hit home runs, but, um, you know, and, and hit it good. I mean, I was probably size-wise, you know, strength and, and everything else, um, definitely above average of, of my teammates. So, the strength was there to hit home runs, but it's not always just that strength. It's kind of the, the swing path and everything else. But, you know, I think there could be some things reevaluated. The biggest thing for me was if I could have really grasped and learned what it meant to take a walk and really work at bats and see the value of just getting on base as opposed to I got to hit my way on. And a lot of times, you know, I remember my general manager in Chicago one year when Kenny Williams wasn't liking me a whole lot. We had an honest conversation. He said, you know, your on-base percentage is your batting average. And I was like, yeah, what's wrong with that? <laughs> I had no idea. That, yeah. you, know, you really you needed to have some good separation there. But, you know, I was a, a football player in college that was learning baseball, and so I didn't know a lot of the things that were uh, fairly common to others. Yeah, it's it- – it's almost like there was a pride factor for a long time in baseball, maybe for even a hundred years, that you hit, like you just said, Chris, you hit your way on. You hit your way on. If you walk, you're taking like the easy way out or something, or it's not as I don't know, or it doesn't. It's not as you don't get credit as much if you draw a walk for some reason. Yeah, my uh, my old broadcast partner Ed Farmer uh, used to say, used to jokingly say about me, "You live by that commandment, thou shall not walk." And I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, I did. I felt like you had to swing your way on." <laughs> um, hey, quick, uh, back to the Twins for a second here. Okay, we talked about Jose Barrios with you last week, and yeah. I mean, he was, again, he was just untouchable against the Indians in Puerto Rico. And we're, I guess the question is, at what point do you just know? Like, at what point do you just know that a guy is is that ace caliber? Um, I know you said you'd still slow cook it, make sure that he's, you know, like they took him out after 84 pitches in seven innings. Um, I, this guy, this guy checks all the boxes and we're very excited here in the twin cities for the first ACE caliber pitcher since Johan, but you know, how yeah. long until you really get validated in that spot? Uh, I think I, I like the fact that they're trying to err a little bit on the side of caution, but they're ultimately going to make Jose, he's going to, he's going to force the issue over time. And when it happens, it'll be. I believe will be so organic and so right in terms of, okay, here's the mantle. This is the guy. But uh, a couple of things I'll speak to that. Even watching the game in Puerto Rico the other night, um, you know, I was here, but watching on television, 
I, I can't imagine how proud and excited the Twins community is watching this kid grow up in front of their eyes and really looking like he's turning the corner. And you're seeing, you, you see it in his countenance. You see, you know, in his mannerisms out there on the mound, when, you know, from pitch to pitch, hitter to hitter. And you're seeing kind of like a, a boy kid become a man as a pitcher. And what I love about him is you can see that beyond just pure physical talent and ability, this guy is, is he's going to be an incredible, he is, but will continue to be an incredible human being, which will make the whole combo of talent and person um, something that you can latch on to and, and, and love for a long time. Yeah. Hey, Chris. Great we, stuff, we, Chris. We love your insight. We'll talk again next week. Thank you. Okay, guys. Thank you. All right. Chris Singleton from ESPN and a former former center fielder for the White Sox in the early 2000s. And, he was a nice uh, player. Too. He was. Uh, he was uh, one of the better defensive center fielders in the league, and he's been a great addition to the show on Fridays. We still have some game show action to play between now and 1 o'clock. We'll do that. And uh, we, we're getting so much more reaction on the Roycey Fleck back and forth from yesterday. People are now Heather fighting. Fleck. In my timeline. I love it when that happens. <laughs> I have nothing Judd. to do with it, but they're fighting. <laughs> Hang on. Mackie and Judd will return shortly. We can do that. On 1500 ESPN. Phil Mackey. The term closer is antiquated now. Your best reliever oftentimes isn't being saved until the ninth inning. Judd Zolgad. The catch, rule, and porn are the same thing. I know them when I see them. <laughs> Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Perhaps you've always wanted to run a race, but eh, the idea of training, not so much. Here's the race for you. The TC1 Mile, Thursday, May 10th. Runners of all skill levels will run along the riverfront downtown Minneapolis for this fast and fun race. The Medtronic TC One Mile It also ends with a post-race party complete with food trucks, cash bar, and a live DJ. Head to 1500ASPN.com. Keyword events for all the details. I think it's great to open at home. Um, you know, we were able to do that last year. And, <clears throat> uh, you know, with our fans, uh, I think it's a great way to kick off the season. The grass will be perfect there yeah. in uh, in Lambeau, yeah. and uh, you know, typically that's not how it's been when we've played there late in the year. So uh, this this uh, I, I think that's a good deal too. It's perfect grass, such perfect grass. Oh, week two, oh. that great, Dave. Can you imagine that yes. grass in week two? Oh yeah, man. Yes. Ooh, lush. Yeah, just put your hand on that grass. Good day to three, talk about grass. Three point stance in the grass. Uh, I think the hardest part of uh, their schedule is probably once you get to Green Bay, New England, at Seattle, like at Chicago after that bye week, at Chicago, home against Green Bay, at New England, don't sleep on at Seattle. Depending on where they're at, if they get off to a good little you know, chunk of wins in the middle before the bye week, then it might not matter if they stumble after the bye you week. Know but that's a, a tough strike. A good de- deal for them, the bye week itself, week 10, that's a great bye there's nothing worse, right? Yeah. Right than week four. It's like week three or four. You're like, okay, you're on a bye. There are some week things four. worse, but I agree. It's if one of the worst things. If you're a football team, a week four bye is really. It's like who needs rest right How now? About a, week, I wanna... a week one bye. If you're the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or Dolphins last year, yeah, a week one bye. That's right. That's ridiculous. Six five one six four six. Weather related, right? Didn't, uh, didn't they get hurricane. hit by, by the hurricane? There was a big hurricane. Okay, there, so there was not much they could do about that one. 651. No, they, it was a scheduled buy, actually. Week one scheduled <laughs> The league's just like, yeah, take the week that. off. 651-646-8255-877-615-1500 in the TCL Broadcast Studios. Randy in Cottage Grove. Hello. Hi, Randy. Hey, guys. Uh, I'm uh, ready ready to go. I, 
I said online I was going to call in and, and give you my mock, so I'm ready when you are. We can get started. It's a lot of exciting things to talk about in this mock this year, and uh, I'm officially ready to call it a complete mock. It's a seven-rounder, and uh, I'm ready ready to start if you want to play the music. Uh, actually, you know what? To be honest, we'd prefer the mock next week. Next week's more of our uh, like ramping up. We'd rather get your thoughts on the, the Vikings schedule that came out. Oh, uh, you, so you want me to just put the mock on the uh, side burner, as they say? Or the back burner, if you have a back okay. burner. Side burner's well, fine. as long as we get a chance to get to it, because I'm real excited about it. But I sure, I, I, you know what? I think I'm we should make the audience wait a little yeah. bit. Maybe like yeah. next Tuesday or something. Yeah, that's fine. It's Friday. We're all in a good mood. I'll uh, I'll oblige what you ask. Okay, uh, schedule. Here's my thoughts. I I think uh, I don't you know I don't like to mock schedules as much as I like to mock picks, but uh, I'll give it a rip here. Uh, I think they're going to probably open us up on the road against the Bears. It just seems like a good time of year to get down there, get fresh, kind of reward the. Wait, Vikings no, no, Randy. They, uh, and, Randy, and, uh, Randy. They uh, the schedule the schedule came out. Last, last night, night the, the NFL unveiled the schedules you watch for the whole all show? 32 teams in the Vikings. There was a two-hour show. Who, where, where did they announce that? I mean, pretty much everywhere. ESPN, NFL Network. Okay, well, I don't. Uh, this is my mocking. I don't watch TV this time of year. I'm in the zone, okay, as they say. I don't watch Kuiper. I don't watch uh, McFake, Todd McFake, as I call him. These guys are, 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 are polluting my brain when I'm trying to come up with my takes and my picks and, and, and my own original original analysis and i don't have the tv on all day like some people i'm focused okay so i didn't know that happened i i, I sorry you know what do you want me to say i'm I, I got one thing on my mind i got my eye on the prize and on tuesday you'll get a sniff of it you'll get a flavor you know mm-hmm. maybe we'll go seven if i could get a full hour i could we could definitely do seven if you want to go kind of to the first segment, and then uh, we could do you know sort of three rounds, quick, quick like the next sure. segment, and yeah. then kind of the late rounds. Actually, you like to dedicate a little more time to because a lot of those players you really got to dig, and uh, you know you, you you need time to identify some of those diamonds in sure. the rough, as they say. So yeah, okay. we we'll look forward to Tuesday. In the meantime, you guys uh, go ahead and just have a kick-ass weekend. Cold Vikings, let's win this game. So he doesn't watch TV this time of year and was unaware the schedule came out last night? That should have been more embarrassing, but he definitely he really just kind rolled, of let things. He's he like rolled Teflon. with that. He didn't lash out. I thought he might lash yeah. out when he realized he was didn't know the schedule came out. We can give him ample time to tell us who the Vikings' seventh-round draft pick is going to be on our show next week sometime. Well, his, his first round, he ordinarily goes through um, the projection and then a little tidbit about each player, right? So it's well, going to take him an hour to get through the first round. Pretty sure one year he just called in to rank his kickers. Yeah, I remember that. Mm-hmm. Oh, Blair Walsh was struggling, so he had to do that. <laughs> I guess. Uh, if he has a punter list, I'd love to hear the punter list. Or long snapper. Long snapper would be good. Did he tell us he was in the zone? What, you've never yeah. been in the zone before? Was that the mocking zone? He had to be in the mocking zone. Is that why he was unaware of the schedule coming out last night? I don't know. Maybe it was a different kind. It might have been the taco buffet zone. Or yeah, the free hot dog buffet at his favorite establishment yeah. downtown Minneapolis. Those are great zones. Mm-hmm. What kind of questions do you have for us, Dave? Outstanding questions, Phil. Really, really good questions about the wild 
about our Patrick Royce v. Uh, Heather Fleck conversation. Oh, we've got very good questions. All right, that's next.